This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Hey, what's going on? It's your man, Jay Johnson. And Dan going wild. Uh, back with uh, a special episode um, midweek. Um, so this is going to be what? Episode 231.5? I'm not up on the count. Oh, okay. That sounds about right, though. We got a lot of episodes, though. Um, but this week, we got a very special guest um, in the building. Um, I will let her introduce herself, and we'll, we'll find a little bit more about her. Hi, I am Sherry Gay-Danielgo, um, one of the Northwest side of Detroit, currently serving my third and final term in Michigan's legislature, um, former Detroit public school teacher, mom of one son. A dog named Bella. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, someone who loves education and fighting uh, for criminal justice reform and fighting for our state. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. What kind of what kind of dog is that? He's a beagle pointer. Okay, that sounds more expensive than I can. <laughs> he sounds like a very nice dog. <laughs> well, she's actually a rescue. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I've had her almost four years. Okay, okay. You're a homeowner now. You got to get a dog. Man. I I know, man. I know. I just I just bought a home, so I I, I got to get a dog. So where? Um, Congratulations. In, thank you, thank you. Um, in the metro area. <laughs> oh, you don't you don't want to say it's the suburbs. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say the suburbs, but you know. Uh, you love that. No, you know it's a little bit of anonymity on the internet. So, you know. I got you. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but hey, um, I know you had a, a very busy day today. Um, you've been out in the oh bar. Uh, how how was your day today? It, it, I mean, it was good. It was blessed. Uh, we had an event, Hala Vote. Um, make sure that we get out the vote. Uh, early vote. Uh, we want to encourage people to vote early. Absolutely. Uh, we know that there's a lot of conversation about what's going to take place at the voting polls, but we don't want to uh, leave that uh, in the hands of uh, those who might have nefarious intentions. Mm-hmm. We, we want to vote early and uh, take care of business and you know, do our, our, our democratic duty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you are running um, for a position right now. Can you tell the folks what you're running for? I am running for the Detroit school board. That's very near and dear to our hearts here. Yeah, both uh, DPS graduates. Uh, both my my children, most all my school age children are are in DPS schools right now. It's real important for me to keep them there in the city, and uh, you know, fun just to kind of show people that like DPS still has some amazing schools, some amazing educators, and you know, I, I still I believe in it thoroughly. It it did me right. Absolutely. Uh, two of my aunts are retired Detroit public school teachers. Um, and those two are the smartest women I know. Uh, so I have a lot of faith um, in our in a DPS. Um, now you said yourself. Yeah, you're, a lot of people don't. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize we have more master teachers um, than than any other district in the state of Michigan. Um, so I I concur. Um, now you are currently. Um, uh, a representative for District Eight. Mm-hmm. 
Dame, is that, is on that the northwest name? side of Detroit. Yes, that's my area. Yes. That's my area. Grew up in Rosedale Park right off of uh, Grand oh. River and Glastonbury. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Family still. Oh, ha- good. Yeah, family oh. still has the house over there. So, I mean, so you're my neighbor. Absolutely, absolutely. That area is near and dear to my heart. Beautiful part of the city. You know, uh, again, my family, well, I lived there pro- probably almost 20 years uh, my sister is still still in that area really? right now. Yes, yes. Oh wow, that's awesome. Now, um, that's really awesome. Absolutely, um, Detroit is very important to us um, for different various different reasons, um, and it looks like it's very important to you. Um, you have a, you've had a history of service. Can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah. So. Um, as I stated, former Detroit public school teacher, but prior to that, um, I served as a legislative assistant and training facilitator liaison to two city council members, Alberta Kinsley Kalabi and by Cleveland until he retired in 2001. Left there, started my own on nonprofits coalition to integrate uh, technology and education, uh, and then you know started teaching science. That's the uh, Detroit Education Public School Academy, then the DPS. I uh, left there, went to work with United Way, and um, had great experience, of course, uh, exploring education. In 2008, I was accepted as an Obama Fellow, as well as uh, a Center uh, Education Pioneers Fellow. I accepted the uh, challenge to go to the Bay Area for about 10 weeks um, to study education reform, uh, where I pretty much got an understanding of what was about to take place nationally and, and and wanted to come back and make a difference. Came back, you know, continued to teach, got a master's in instructional technology, which is a discipline that seeks to find gaps in systems and close them, and ultimately decided that if I were going to really change uh, the academic outcomes for DCS, it will be um, at the state or federal level, which is why I ran for the House to begin with. So the impetus for running was always education. Now that I'm nearing uh, my final term, um, educators, uh, DCS teachers, in fact, uh, during the whole COVID crisis, asked me to run. Um, I lost a sister April 14th, Jelena, uh, COVID-19. Um, thank you. And I understand um, the fear that many of our teachers have, understand the concerns, and rightfully so, as we approach the flu season, of how dangerous it could be. And and so I decided to run um, to be able to support, to be able to support um, our children and protect them as, as well as the staff. So um, very glad that I signed up to run. I didn't realize how litigious it will become. Um, it feels as though I'm running for, for Congress or or for <laughs> mayor. Um, but it, but nonetheless, we are continuing forward. Uh, we've been outspent, but not outworked. And we're looking forward to uh, a victorious outcome on Tuesday, November the 3rd. Now, I'm glad that you mentioned that because, you know, that's one of my huge concerns right now as a parent myself. I have some pre-existing health conditions and the thought of sending my babies back to school 
like in, in the physical aspect of like actually being in the classroom is something that me and my ex-wife, you know, kind of go back and forth with because it's, you know, there, there's so many, so many different factors that I just don't think have been resolved as of yet. You know, the online learning has, you know, quite a few pros and cons. I can see some of the benefits of it for, for certain children that I have. And then I see, you know, how it's, uh, probably not the best setting for some of my kids either and just kind of right, try, trying right. to debate and figure out you know what we're going to do especially second semester and it's still still a lot of uncertainty in the air about you know what's best for the mm-hmm. kids or, or what's going to happen next do you have any insight on that or, or anything you can give us so um right now uh with bps um pushing forward and making the decision to have somewhat of a hybrid model, but as you've seen, yesterday we had one of the highest rates of COVID since April. Right. And so as we look at that, we need to make sure that um, we elect people who are, are willing to fight and make sure that uh, we don't subject, not just our children, many of them are maybe asymptomatic, but we have to make sure that we um, advocate and protect um, uh, the adults that many of them go home to, the, the grandparents that uh, raise these children or the aunt, older aunts who may have pre-existing health conditions uh, and could, you know, meet fatality if, if God forbid, they are exposed um, to COVID. So, um, you know, there's a lot that's weighing in the balance. We know that, you know, that uh, the superintendent has pretty much had an opportunity to do um, what he desires to do uh, because members have just kind of voted in sync with him. But uh, I want to be a voice on the board to speak to what is best, um, what is right, what is safe. And, and so that's why it's important that we educate ourselves and vote accordingly. Absolutely. Now, you know, one another thing that's huge for me is just the, the online learning itself. I felt like, you know, we were nobody was prepared for what COVID was going to bring. This is something that's, right, that's right. never been seen before, and it forced, you know, uh, it forced the kids home. And I guess my concern, especially as a parent, is just seeing the education, seeing some of the gaps there in curriculum and how things are communicated and taught to the children. And you know, a huge concern for me is, you know. Uh, of this information that they're getting the online learning how much of it how much of it are they are they truly retaining at this point how effective is the online curriculum as opposed to you know a traditional school setting well so i'm not fully able to, to review all of that i i'm um, as someone who has been in outside the district but in talking to teachers who feel like oftentimes the program um are changing depending, you know, from one week to the next. I also know that the professional development has been somewhat lackluster uh, because the superintendent didn't want virtual learning to begin with. So, I mean, there were uh, programs that the district could have tapped into um, from Wayne Risa, from uh, Michigan Virtual Learning, and I don't think the district did enough of uh, planning effectively to have the best and optimal learning platform. So, you know, 
they had computers donated from, from philanthropic philanthropic investors, but um, they did not really, to me, realize what was that. Um, <laughs> and really take advantage of, of, of resources that were available. So, okay. I mean, that, that's part of the, the challenge that I see, and, and hopefully we can get beyond that and see something done differently. Now, um, now, how has this uh, campaign been? How have you been managing this campaign oh, via I, COVID? So, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, so, it's been quite litigious. Um, I've been managing my campaign myself and with, with support and volunteers. I'm very thankful um, for great people. Um, you know, folks have come out in our town to help me out, but managing a campaign of this magnitude right now is quite challenging. Running a citywide race when you've been outspent is extremely challenging. So uh, I'm just thankful for those who have demonstrated a measure of support, but not only that, um, that will come by help get yard signs out. And I mean, that this has become a movement um, for people who understand what's at stake, uh, understand that we got to have a voice to stand up for what is right. Um, and so I'm just, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm grateful. It's, it's not easy, but uh, thank God we've made it thus far. And I know that we will be successful uh, if the people come out and support. Absolutely. Um, what are some key things that you want to do uh, after you get your seat on the on the school board? Thank you. So, number one, protecting our kids uh, and protecting their families and respecting uh, the staff at DPS. You can't have an optimal learning environment excuse me, without having um, respect for the people who do the work every day. Absolutely. And uh, they have to be listened to. They, they have to be heard. And so putting uh, a survey process or a way for them to express uh, the issues and the concerns uh, that they face every day. Um, oftentimes, you have people who work from the top down, but they never ask the people who are doing the work, uh, like, so how could we do this differently or better? Uh, oftentimes, contracts change, processes change at DCS. But nobody asks the people who are uh, in the hopper every day. So, you know, how do we make this better? And in order to really make our system work better, we have to stop re disrespecting the people who do the work. So, so that's one. Uh, two, I have a number of relationships um, after serving in Michigan's legislature uh, for three terms. So utilizing those relationships on both sides of the aisle to articulate the importance of having a fair funding um, uh, equation for DPS mm. and for other urban communities. And and so advocating accordingly to make sure that we did that so that we could properly educate our children. There's no question. DPS um, has the lion's share of children with special needs. And so being that is the case, the cost it's insurmountable uh, and in far exceeds that of ed educating a traditional student 
So if that's the case, then why are, why aren't we ensuring that we provide the additional resources that are necessary so that all of our children can learn? Uh, opening up the doors and allowing uh, parents and staff to have a voice um, during um, school board meetings. That's, that's important as well. There's no other time uh, that we can really hear unless we're doing surveys or listening tours, and, and that should be a part of our platform as well, uh, so that we can hear from people. Uh, the, the, the DPS has, has been under state control for uh, more than 17 years. Uh, we're currently right now under a financial review commission. So doing what is necessary to let the constituents know that this is what you're paying for, this is what you're getting, and this is what we collectively need to do to get something different. Uh, and so those things are uh, equally important. Early childhood, of course, is critical. Literacy is, is critical. But I think more than anything, we need to revisit um, how we engage all of our stakeholders in the process of advancing policies that are best for DPS. Absolutely. Now I was looking over some of your information, and um, there was one thing that stood out that I that I thought was a great idea, <clears throat> and it was re- um, involving uh, skilled trades and apprenticeships um, with uh, oh, DPS. Can you, can you discuss that a little bit more? Yeah. So um, yeah. So my son um, graduated from DPS K through twelve, uh, Flick Foreign Language Immersion, immersion Cultural Studies School, uh, Hutchins. Uh, overall, 75 when they were there, and then um, Cash Tech. Uh, my son got a scholarship, full scholarship, uh, to go to South Carolina State University uh, marching band. Um, after a year or so, he didn't like it. And he came back home, and then ultimately he got into a welding program. Um, and, and, you know, he's a, he's a licensed welder. Uh, he loves doing that work. And we have to realize that um, if we explore our children's you know, best learning um, style, then we can guide them towards careers that will be helpful uh, and could ultimately save us some money uh, in the short sure. run. Uh, yeah. So making sure, you know, students that, you know, it's been a long time that, that unfortunately skill trades have been frowned upon, but they make more money than yes. some elected officials. <laughs> so, so we have to do a better job of highlighting um, the value of, of such programs and, and um, make sure that we, we guide our students toward it so that they have something they can always fall back on, always fall back on, and, and that's important. You know, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, those – uh, alternative, you know, ways of, of learning those alternative options of learning, because, you know, I'll just be honest when I, I have two high school age children and my middle son is in eighth grade right now. You know, my other my older two kids, they they want to go to college. That's that's their goal. They want to go away, live life. But talking to my, my middle son, 
I know that like right now, college is not on the forefront of of his mind. He wants to be done with the traditional. I got to go to school Monday through Friday, eight to five, excuse me, eight to three. And, you know, it, it frustrates his mother a bit. But like I told her, I didn't go through I didn't necessarily go through a traditional college setting because I I was a lot like him. I knew that I was, I was done. I didn't want to be in school every day. And now I still wanted to learn something, but I needed, I needed an alternate path. And I think exposing the kids to that, you know, is such a, a, what what, what do we have? Was it co-op or co-op? Yeah. yeah, Things of that nature. There there were other skills. Yeah, I, I saw I remember my ex-wife, she went to she started cosmetology when we were like in 11th, 12th grade and, you know, carried that all the okay. way through, you know, adulthood doing doing nails and hair and things on the side. And that was something that she she okay. loved and enjoyed. And that opportunity was available to her at 15, 16 years old, where she went to school at and where, you know, I won't say the same. I went to cast also. I'm not going to say the same opportunities weren't available there. I was just on a, on a different, different path for myself in education at that time. I got you. But had it been more widespread, you know, like skill trade, you know, I, I, I joke about it. Uh, a few years ago, I worked for a pharmacy and I remember playing around in the back where we kept the medication, jumping on a high low, just joking around and causing about $35,000 worth of damage <laughs> to the facility. <laughs> but, you know, my, with my GM at the time, you know, when, when we were going through everything and the claims, he was like, so you are not certified to ride this vehicle. And I was like, nah, nah, I'm not really. But, you know, <laughs> just to kind of tie that all in, I mean, those opportunities, the, the gentleman that was certified to drive a high-low, you know, come to find out, you know, he's probably making more money than I was in a supervisory role, you know, just just moving boxes around in the back. And just to have those different options and those opportunities available, you know, it it just kind of opens up. It opens up so much more for a child, because, again, traditional learning isn't for everybody It's sitting in the classroom isn't for everybody. And sometimes by by the time you're 16, 17, 18, you know, your mind is just what my dad always used a phrase with me that I can't man his ship. You know, I, I, I want certain uh-huh. things for my children just because I want them to have the best life. But at, at 18, you are a grown man and you need to start fi- figuring out what the best life for you is. And maybe skilled trades may be a lot better for some of these, some of these kids coming out of the opportunities that they have. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, and so that's, that's why we have to be able to offer uh, different opportunities. All right. So is there um, a, a final message you want to give people to uh, for November 3rd? Uh, today we celebrated um, a democracy with the Attorney General, Dana Nassau, uh Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist, and Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. There is nothing more important than uh, utilizing our right uh, to vote. And so I, I'm just encouraging everyone to vote early. Certainly um, as a candidate for Detroit School Board, a former Detroit public school teacher who is very passionate about education, um, it is important to me uh, that people do vote. Uh, and vote for me. Vote for Detroit. Vote me for Detroit. Vote Sherry Gay Danielle for Detroit School Board. Uh, you don't have to vote for three. On the ballot it says 
vote for no more than three, but you don't have to vote for three. And I'm asking people to vote Jerry, not Kyle. I'm so glad you said that because I hear everybody saying go out and vote, but don't nobody ever want to say who to vote for. It's okay to tell somebody go vote for it. I mean, that's the purpose of campaigning. I want (laughs) to. So, yes, go ahead and vote for Sherry, you know? Absolutely. Well, we uh, we appreciate you taking time out your busy day um, to come talk to us. And um, before you go, just one one other quick thing: uh, any website, social media information that we can give out to our listeners for them to connect with, you know, now and uh, even after November third. Uh, yeah, website sherry dot com. That's that's my website dot com. Beautiful, absolutely. Um, again, we appreciate you um, taking time out of your day. I know it's been a busy day and a long day for you, um, but we appreciate you, um, you know, educating and um, informing um, our listeners. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And after you get that victory, we'd like to ha- invite you in studio so we can uh, we can discuss celebrate. some things. Yeah, <laughs> celebrate and discuss some things a little bit further. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, you enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. Thank you all, and I appreciate you all for for inviting me on. I look forward to having an in-person discussion very soon. All right, now. Thanks. All right, thank you.